And now, it's time for Making Kayfabe with your host, Bryson Dillon. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Making Kayfabe, the podcast where me and my buddy Bryce taking turns to rewrite wrestling history. Uh, how are you today, Bryce? Are you okay? I'm very well, Dylan. How are you today? I'm very well as well. I'm very excited to um, to rewrite some wrestling history. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of that today. It's just your turn today. Hell's yeah! So a little recap. Every week, me and uh, my friend Bryce, we take it in turns to pick a scenario or a wrestler or something that we think uh, that in in the past historically has been maybe underutilized or not used the correct way, and we come up with a different alternate storyline for it. So um, this week it's my turn to select something, and I, for my section, have selected Taz in the WWE, or the WWF as it used to be known. And this period is going to cover the WWF as um, that was when Taz first came in. But we'll call it WWE for for the sake of an argument. It's Taz. It's Taz. <laughs> you uh, so you remember you remember Taz. I remember Taz. Excellent. Um, when did you start watching wrestling? When did I start? I mean, yeah, te- technically like two thousand one ish, but mm-hmm. I mean, I I had watched. I I remember one of my one of my first literally one of my first wrestling memories is the two thousand Royal Rumble. I was at my friend's house. And I saw Taz come out and uh, you know destroy Kurt Angle in what was it five minutes or something. Yeah. Um, I I remember that. I wasn't like full time watching at that point, but I do. That's one of my earliest memories. Oh, okay. So you you're aware of this? That's good news. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I started uh, probably like um like the early, like the first half of uh, 2000. So I think like just after WrestleMania 2000 is when I first started watching. Yeah. Um, so I would have missed Taz's big debut. However, I have since gone back and watched it, of course. So, of course. Um, my storyline is going to take place pretty much from about 2000 till mid-2001. Hmm. Because the invasion happened kind of after um, WrestleMania. Um, I can't remember when it was. In June, maybe? I think. Uh, that was... Because it, was... it, af- it was after King of the Ring, so it must be June. Yeah, Booker T attacked uh, Steve Austin at King of the Ring, right? Yeah, okay. So this is going to lead us pretty much up to there. Because after after that, once the invasion happens, Taz pretty much kind of relegates himself to a commentary role. Yes. And uh, so that's going to be the end of the story. Taz is just going to do that, Mm. okay? But everything in between that is going to be different. I'm going to change it. Okay. So let's get started. Should we get started? Let's get started. Let's get bloody started. So let's um, let's go back to Royal Rumble 2000. What happened then? Uh, the Rock threw the Big Show out of the ring, but his feet touched the ground at the same time. It was a crazy scenario all around. However, I'll tell you what else happened. Triple H beat Mick Foley. <laughs> but oh, think... yeah, street fight. Yeah, I'll tell you what else happened. Uh, I'll just cut to it. Taz... Uh, debuts in the WWF at the time and beats Kurt Angle. Now, Kurt Angle was being billed as a big deal. He kind of came in like, um, I think, Survivor Series of 99. And so they were clearly like they had something that they wanted to do with him. And uh, Taz debuts at uh, the Royal Rumble, which I think that was in New York, right? That's where Taz is from. 
I I remember it being Madison Square Garden because yeah. I had that cool entrance ramp. It did. So, you know, hometown crowd, everybody, like the rumors were out around that time that Taz was going to kind of jump ship. So everybody was psyched about it. And then lo and behold, uh, here comes Taz. It wasn't advertised that it was going to be Angle versus Taz, I don't think. Um, but then Taz comes out, big surprise, and then they have a match that I think goes under 10 minutes. Mm. I think. I don't think it's that long. And, you know, you're talking about Taz just, you know, probably just in his prime right now. And Kurt Angle, you know, is still in his infancy, but still a great wrestler. So, like, yeah. those guys could have had a real kick-ass match, you know, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, it could have been maybe a little bit, a little bit better. But, um, Taz locks a Taz mission on Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle passes out. Taz is declared the winner. Kurt Angle brushes it off as if it never happened. <laughs> because he didn't tap. He wasn't pinned. Technically, he didn't lose. All right? That's his, that's his angle on it. Um, now, from there, <laughs> very quickly, Taz uh, is on a downward trajectory. Um, you know, comes in fighting Kurt Angle. That's a great debut. You know, um, but after that, it doesn't do a whole lot. So um, I looked at the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter to check what they were talking about Taz at the time. And it turns mm. out that like uh, at the beginning of February, OK, because Royal Rumble would have been you know, the, the later half of, uh, of January. So at mm. the beginning of February, Taz is fighting Kurt Angle. By the end of February... He's fighting Gangrel and the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> so, you know, that's... Uh, he, he peaked way too early. Right. May I remind you that around about this time, sometime in late February or early March, I think it was late February, Kurt Angle wins the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Taz, the man who beat Kurt Angle, is fighting Gangrel. And Kurt Angle, the man who was knocked unconscious at the Royal Rumble, <laughs> becomes a Eurocontinental champion in a couple of months. Strange booking. Strange booking. But that's the way it goes. Uh, on the 7th of March on SmackDown, Taz beats Kurt Angle by a disqualification for a match in a match for the Intercontinental Championship. So get this. Taz basically had Kurt Angle beat, right? But then there's interference. Of course there is. Who do you think interferes in this match? In a match between Taz Kurt, and Kurt Angle. Yes. For uh, the Independent Championship in 2000. I mean, uh, Jericho? You're very close. Gangrel. No. <laughs> Would you like me to spoil it for you? Yes. Bob Backlund. <laughs> now, I was so you, close. I'll, I'll tell you why you were close. Because uh, Bob Backlund interferes and hits Taz with his like chicken wing yeah. submission move. But then Jericho comes out. Ah. And puts the walls of Jericho on Backland. Right. So what? <laughs> what? What's going on? Oh, so <laughs> that gets kind of ignored. And so by uh, by the 20th of March, Taz is firmly in the hardcore championship scene. So he's gone, in, he's gone in for Crash Holly. So in this in the span of about two months, Taz has went from uh, fighting Kurt Angle to fighting Crash Holly. Um, which is interesting. At some point, apparently, there was a, a plan to have Taz fight Perry Saturn at oh. WrestleMania. We'll get into Taz's WrestleMania business in a second. 
I think this is a, I think this is relevant to what we're doing with this podcast. Like going back and watching all these things in the WWE Network, but watching them out of context and just thinking, what the fuck is going what, exactly. on? Exactly. Why is Bob Backlund here? <laughs> why is Chris Jericho here? <laughs> well, Chris Jericho makes sense. Uh, okay, well, I'll get into, why, I'll get into that. A, yeah. I'll get into that right now because um, at the moment, early uh, 2000, the Intercontinental Championship scene is a bit of a mess because you've got Chris Jericho and China. I think we're co-champions going into the Royal Rumble. Ah, yeah. Um, and so it's it's all kind of weird and complicated. Kurt Angle goes on to challenge Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship, and he beats him. And then later wins the European Championship as well. So he's he's got both. Um, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho have a thing going on. So they end up in that match uh, against Kurt Angle for both championships at WrestleMania 2000. Um, so it would be, you know, a two-fall match one fall for each of the belts. Kurt Angle, the double champion, versus Benoit versus Jericho. Mm. Kurt Angle, who lost to Taz two months ago, three months ago, is your continental champion. This is all stuff to bear in mind, all right? Um, this is all what happened. Uh, around about, uh, I think it was February 24th on SmackDown, Crash Holly declares that the the Hardcore Championship is now 24, 24-7. Yes. So uh, anybody can attack him at any time to try and win the belt, and he'll defend himself because he, he's just that hardcore, you know. He's that cool. And so shenanigans are in. Um, you know, the Mean Street Posse are attacking him at a circus and backstage and uh, at the airport. All sorts of crazy shenanigans. It's a lot of fun. So that happened right, like pretty much at the end of February. Mm-hmm. So at WrestleMania, which was in uh, April second, we've already established that Kurt Angle is fighting. Uh, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit for the the two championships. Mm. What is Taz doing? Taz is fighting in a hardcore battle royale. I think it was for 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. Is this when Hardcore Holly um, wasn't meant to win, but he did? Exactly. So I think it was 15 (laughs) minutes and there were loads of people in the match. And so the, the title changed hands. What was what was weird was the title changed hands anyway. Like, if you won the, the hardcore championship during the match, you were still the hardcore champion, mm. right? But then at the end of the 15 minutes, whoever was champion got to walk away with the championship. But it's still 24-7, so I don't see why that makes a difference, <laughs> right? Hey, wrestling. It doesn't Old make any wrestling. sense. <laughs> so, um, Taz, I think, wins the hardcore championship twice during that match. He beats Crash, but loses it to our good friend Viscera. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, best in the world. And then um, he beats Pete Gass of the Mean Street Posse, legendary wrestler, before he loses uh, the belt to Crash. So that was two hardcore championship reigns on one night. And then later on, so that's what Taz was doing. Later on, at uh, April 11th, 2000, he beats uh, Perry Saturn for the hardcore championship. And then later on that night, he loses it to Crash Holly. So combined... Taz had the hardcore championship for zero days, <laughs> but he held it three times. Okay, so um, basically from then on, Taz didn't do a whole lot. He had a little feud with so Jerry Lawler. Uh, he had he had an arm injury at the beginning of the summer that kept him out for a little bit. He came back for SummerSlam. He fought Jerry Lawler, which I think Lawler won the first one and Taz won the second one at Unforgiven, but he only won it because Raven interfered for some reason. So then Taz and Raven were a thing for a bit. Then that stopped. 
the invasion happened. Taz came along, was the commentator for the invasion. Um, after this, in 2002, Spike Dudley and Taz, some yeah. for some reason, teamed up. They beat the Dudley Boys January the 7th, 2002, and they won the tag team titles. And then they lost the titles to Billy and Chuck on, I think, February 19th, Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah, 2002 for a 43-day title reign. So that's Taz's accomplishments in the WWE. A three-time hardcore champion and a one-time tag team champion. Yes. And that, and then he was a commentator for the rest of his days. Yeah, that's so, that's so almost sad because that that's I mean that's I I remember the I remember the tag title reign with Spike Dudley and that was really good. I remember yeah. that I remember that happening. But for a guy who who was a killer in ECW, like someone who was feared in ECW, he was like the, the kingpin of ECW. Like you do you do not fuck with this man. Uh, <laughs> and 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 now he's like he's like almost almost a jobber. He's losing the hardcore yeah. title to um, Viscera, you know, the best in the world. Of course. Uh, it's yeah, it's a shame it's to see kind of how far he fell so quickly. It's so bizarre. Like like you think about other guys there, for example, like Scotty Too Hotty. Like everybody knew he was a jobber, right? How but dare you? Well, he knew, you know, he was okay with it. But at the same time, he won like two uh, tag team championships, and he was a light heavyweight champion for a while. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did pretty well for himself. Yeah. He, he, but he know. was over as well. He he was over with the worm, and like I, I've seen videos of like 2000 where like Scotty Hotty does the bulldog into the worm, and the crowd just go fucking nuts they like, do they love him like he and was that's, over that's part of the, the the good thing of wrestling is that some like you don't want anything to be too predictable but at the same time like whenever he does that bulldog we know what's coming it is predictable mm. and that's why it's awesome it's the same whenever the rock does a spine buster and looks yeah. straight ahead into the camera you're like he's gonna take his fucking um elbow pad off and he's gonna do people's elbow we're excited you know like it's it, it's 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 a visual clue to get the the audience on board, you know, which is smart. Mm. It's a good way to get over. So I want to do one more little thing when I talk about what really happened, which mm-hmm. I think we should mention uh, because the WWE barely mentioned it, is that on April the 13th, so this would have been after WrestleMania, um, which was on April 2nd. And this is also after <laughs> his third and last hardcore championship reign. Oh, no. A couple of days afterwards, Taz wins ECW Championship. Yeah. He beats uh, Mike Awesome. He beats Mike Awesome because Mike Awesome had, was the ECW champion and then signed a deal to go to WCW, which he did almost immediately. Paul Heyman was not happy about this. So he did some real, like, proper legal wrangling about this to try and, like, stop the w- or ECW champion appearing on WCW television because they thought he would have just dropped the belt in a bin or something, you know, the way they do. They, that's what sure. they do over there. That's what they do. Yeah. He did a little bit of uh, wheeling and dealing here. Uh, Taz is always over in ECW, of course. Everybody loves Taz. Like you said, he was super over there because he was really good and they gave him a chance to shine. So he said... We'll bring Taz back to ECW for a little bit, for a hot minute. Because, you know, WWF and ECW at the time did have a bit of a working relationship. They did, but yeah. it was all like very secret and hush-hush and stuff. So that's kind of why they were able to get away with this. 
Taz wins, beats Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome is free to go to WCW and becomes that 70s guy. And mm-hmm. what else does he become? He becomes like... Oh, the, the, fat, the fat chick thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's what it was. Yes. So Mike Awesome didn't do so well. <laughs> He's, I hope they paid him well. That's a um, damn shame as well. Like, do, do you know one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time? Yes, is, I do, because you've told me. Uh, Mike Awesome versus Tanaka, one night yes. stand. That's yes. an absolute... What a blitz of a match. That is have a you, fantastic match. Have you seen the ones from ECW? Because they, they did a, a lot. Few. Yeah, I've seen a few. but like, I mean, That shit is off the hook it's crazy do you think that do you think that when taz went back to ecw joey styles was calling him a former free time hardcore champion i doubt it (laughs) i highly doubt it um so yes taz uh wins on april 13th he loses it two weeks later on april 22nd i think he loses it to tommy dreamer who who immediately loses the belt to just incredible (laughs) so you know yeah, also some questionable booking in uh, ECW there. So in between this time, Taz appears on WWF television wearing the ECW championship. Oh. I think it's on SmackDown um, that him and Triple H, who is the heavyweight champion at the time, decide to have a match. Not in the main event and not for either championship. It's in the middle of the show. And, you know, Taz loses. Of course he does. I, he, you know, he doesn't look too bad in the match. But, you know, it's like a 10-minute match in the middle of the show for no reason. It's like, and, you know, they very rarely bring up that Taz is the ECW champion. They don't bring it up after that. It, it just, it only seemed to be for that one match. And it seemed like a very out-of-place thing. Because, like I said, Taz loses it a week later. Yeah. So, it, it's very odd that they did that in, like, April. You know, because, you know... Because if you don't acknowledge it, like, why is Taz there with that belt? What is that belt? They don't talk about it. And so because of that, the numbers for ECW didn't really go up that much. Mm. Do, you think that, do you think that it's just Triple H wanting to beat the ECW champion? Yeah, probably. You know, like, I've heard that apparently Vince McMahon has said that, in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. Yeah. And I agree with that. However totally smushing Taz and burying him and making him look like a fucking nothing also isn't that good for business either. You know, now I'm not, I'm not like Taz's biggest fan or anything. In fact, for the latter half of his career in WWF, I did not like his commentary. I thought, Ooh, he, was, I thought he was very annoying and he just talked like nonsense and he, it just, and, and TNA was unbearable. Um, but was, as a, yeah. yeah, I thought he was. Yeah. On, on SmackDown, I thought he was great. Taz is maybe one of my favourite commentators, uh, colour commentators in wrestling. I think he was, I don't know, every time, I mean, every, for example, he, he says things that kind of stick in your head. Like every time I hear Brock Lesnar's music, you know what Taz says? He's always like, well, here comes the pain. And like, I just think of that every time that Brock Lesnar's music hits to this day. I thought Taz was a great commentator. Hey, that's fair enough. You know, like he wasn't my cup of tea. I, I just didn't like him. But as a wrestler, like, he was he was very good. As a wrestler, he was great, yeah. But, yes. I mean, as a commentator, it's kind of like the, the Royal Regal style of commentator where he'll tell you why the, why the move hurts and why it's effective and like, gives you that insight as a wrestler. Right. That's But I, I felt like he definitely did that early in his career. And I felt like later on, the, like, the more it went on, he just kind of stopped doing that, which is a shame because that's what you want to hear. I love mm. hearing that kind of stuff. And uh, he just ended up, turning into a guy who just talks rubbish all the time and i'm like mm. no nah, dude that's you know you're better than this taz yeah 
you're better than this. So yes, that's the story with Taz. That's what really happened. So why don't we make some kayfabe? Let's make some kayfabe. Why don't we make some fucking kayfabe? What what, um, what kayfabe creation have you got for us today, Dylan? It's Taz! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do Taz. So, my story is going to start right from the very beginning. Just which... just one thing. Like, this is... <laughs> I've forgotten. Do, do you remember the Royal... I think it was the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw this in OSW Review once, but... I think Taz, Taz, it's the Royal Rumble when Taz comes in, so his, his music's playing, so it's like da 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 Taz enters the ring and lasts like five seconds before he gets chucked out again and his yes. music's still playing. <laughs> he's still, nah, 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 nah. he's walking in, up the ramp. Uh, <laughs> that was in 2001 because I remember that Royal Rumble. That's my favourite Royal Rumble. And I remember that because I remember what happens is Taz dies into the ring, Kane picks him up, like lifts him up, you know, like underneath his, his um, you know, by his his shoulder he just lifts yeah. him up puts him on the top of the turnbuckle and slaps him off ah that's right yeah that's that's was, and Kane set the record right yeah oh, oh we're gonna get to that yeah. mm. you know we're more gonna, we're gonna get to that um so let's start from the very beginning with my story about Taz Taz debuts at the Royal Rumble we all know this Taz beats Kurt Angle we all know this um you know Taz thinks I'm the best I beat Kurt Angle I was former ECW champion. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm the best wrestler there is. There's nothing about it. Kurt Angle goes the way that he normally goes in real life. He ends up working with Kurt, um, <laughs> not Kurt Angle. Hang on. Oh, I was going to burp. <laughs> Cut this bit out too. Uh, Kurt Angle ends up the way he normally does, which is in the Eurocontinental Championship scene with um, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. He wins both belts. It sets up a triple threat at WrestleMania. Two falls, one belt, or one per belt. Taz demands to be in the match because he was the one that beat Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble. It doesn't mm. make a sense. Why is he not in the match? It doesn't make any sense. So to build that up, you could have him like you know hitting the ta- like sliding in to like a match between, like, you know, Kurt Angle versus Steve Blackman or whatever. Taz interferes, hits the Taz mission. You know, Chris Jericho versus Perry Saturn. Taz slides in, hits the Taz mission, whatever. He makes it clear that he wants in the match. Mm. So they, they're like, fine, you're in the match. You know, I guess it makes sense. So now it's a field four-way for both championships. Still two falls, one per belt. And the, I'm going to keep the finish the same, which is where Jericho and Benoit pin each other to win the belts. So Taz and Kurt Angle haven't been pinned in this match. Mm. This is very important. So Taz, you know, because that means that Taz, now Taz and Kurt Angle are taking, still working their feud. Benoit and Jericho are still working their feud. At this point, you know, Taz is pretty much fed up of that entire scene because he's fed up of Kurt Angle. He's fed up of like the bitching that Jericho and Benoit are doing with each other. He's like, you know what? I don't even need this anymore. Okay, so at this point, Taz is pretty much fed up of the mid-card scene. You know what I mean? He's, mm. He doesn't want to have to deal with Kurt Angle. He doesn't want to have to deal with Benoit or Jericho. He's just had enough of this. He's better mm. than this, okay? So this is after WrestleMania 2000. Um, so right after that, Taz does that thing where he wins the ECW Championship. Now, this is a sidebar. You can choose to include this or not. I'm on the fence about it because it'll lead into something later. 
okay. whether or not you really have Taz fight Triple H. I mean, we could still do that, but just make it make a little bit more sense. Taz, because this plays into what I was saying earlier, Taz declares himself to be the best, and he doesn't need Kurt Angle, and he doesn't need the Intercontinental Championship, because he used to be the ECW champion. To prove that, he goes to ECW, wins the championship, turns back up on WF television and says, you see, I am the best. I've got this belt. ECW championship. It's all I need to show that I'm the best. You could then say, oh, then Triple H takes objective to that. He's like, well, I'm the heavyweight champion of this company. You're not the best. You're not the best till you beat me. Then they have a back and forth. They eventually fight. Triple H can win, but, you know, make it make it look competitive and don't make Taz lose any kind of thing. But Triple H wins, okay? So let's just say that. Let's just say the ECW championship angle still happens, but it's got a bit more build and it makes a bit more sense, okay? Mm. Sweet. So now that that's over and done with, Taz decides to put his attentions to the, the Hardcore Championship. Now... Um, I've already established that the Hardcore Championship, the 24-7 rule, was um, brought in in February. So now we're in about April or May, that kind of time, okay? Um, Taz, just to prove that he is the best and he doesn't really need anybody else, just starts locking people in the Taz mission backstage, okay? So, for example, let's say that one week... Crash Holly is at the airfield running away from the Mean Street Posse who try to, you know, ambush him, all right? Mm. Next week, the Mean Street Posse are backstage. Taz locks him in the Taz mission. He's sick of them. That night, say, Steve Blackman goes after Crash Holly. Next week, Steve Blackman, while looking for Crash Holly, gets locked in the Taz mission, Mm -hmm. all right? Taz is going after all of the guys going after the Hardcore Championship. Because he wants it, and he wants to let them know that he wants it. So mm. it's it's like they've got, you know, they're not just running after the hardcore championship; they're also running away from Taz. Mm. You know what I mean? He's laying this, and he's not saying a whole lot about it. He's just doing it so that they know that Taz is there, and Taz can come after them at any time. Mm. Okay, so this goes on for a while. Just Taz, like not saying much, but really just you know, you know, letting his actions do the speaking for him. All right. Um, and that really is to establish the fact that the 24-7 rule exists. Yes. Okay. We need that to go on for a long time for the rest of my storyline to work. So Taz is just kind of keeping an eye on things and letting people know that he's still there and he's still around and he's still a threat. And that this is the, probably the angle that he's going to go into. So we're talking SummerSlam, you know, in August. Uh, in real life, Taz had like an arm injury that kept him kind of bit, you know, out of the ring until SummerSlam anyway. So, you know, if you want, if, if that was a factor that could still work in the storyline, because Taz could still turn up backstage and haunt people without getting too physical. Because by that point, just his presence alone, people are like, Taz is here. He could easily fuck us up. You know what I mean? Mm. Puts the fear into them. Yes. So going into SummerSlam, the hardcore champion is Steve Blackman, who is a pretty formidable hardcore champion. You know what I mean? Like, that guy, when he held the belt, it was hard for other people to take advantage and win the belt off him. Hell yeah, he had, he had the nunchucks, and he had the martial arts, and he had yeah. all of that stuff. Kicked the guy in the face, you know what I mean? He was he was, he was was big time. He's a serious contender. He was He's awesome. Champion. Yeah. Deserved so better. Like, say what? Deserved better. I think so. We'll do that next week. 
um but so he's the hardcore champion and he's a pretty legit hardcore champion at the at the same time it's not like we're talking about pete gas or crash holly or something you know you got a legit hardcore champion here and this is the point taz is like this is it black men i'm coming for you this is what's gonna happen we're gonna go into SummerSlam. you versus me hardcore championship i'm gonna win that's the end of it you can fight you're not gonna win there's just no two ways about that. Steve Blackman says, whatever, you know, I'm not afraid of you. Let's do it. Bring it on. Comes to SummerSlam. Taz versus Steve Blackman, Hardcore Championship. Taz defeats Steve Blackman for the Hardcore Championship. Stands in the middle of the ring and dares all of the people that he had attacked for the last couple of months to come and get him. Oh. He says, I'm right here. 24-7 rule. I just beat Steve Blackman. You want me? Come and get me. Crash, Holly, like the idiot that he is, runs out to the ring, is immediately taken down by Taz. <laughs> so at this point, the other guys, like the Mean Street Posse and Bob Holly and Perry Saturn and Test and whoever else, they're out standing on the, the entrance ramp. Like they're about to run down. And they see what Taz does to Crash Holly. And they all take a step back. And they're like, we're not going to go down there. Because I don't know what he's going to do. Like, there's a lot of them, but they're still like, no, I don't want to go down there and see what happens there. Really selling him as a killer. Exactly. So from here on out, Taz is like daring people to come and get him. He's like, you want me? It's 24-7. Come, you, why don't you attack me in my hotel room? Like, that's what I do. Like, I do like a, like a scenario where, like, you see Crash Holly or, like, the Mean Street Posse or something. You know, the ones dumb enough to actually try to be Taz. Hmm. You see those guys like trying to sneak into his hotel room. You see Taz on the other side of the door. He's waiting for them. He's not asleep. He's sitting there with a chair ready for them to come and attack him. They open the door. He wheels on them. He's like, you got to do better than this, man. I'm hardcore. Like, for real. Legit. You don't become the ECW champion for no reason. Like, you got to know what you're doing. I'm hmm. hardcore. So he, he takes everybody to task. You know what I mean? And he's daring people to come and get him. And nobody, after this, nobody really takes advantage of the 24-7 rule. You've got all the guys that he'll work programs with, you know, like uh, after SummerSlam is like Unforgiven, so he fights Hardcore Holly there. Well, he fights Steve Blackman in the return match. He beats him. Next month, uh, whatever the next one is, um, what was the one after Unforgiven? Survivor Series? No. No Mercy? Maybe. And then Survivor Series. So No Mercy... He beats, you know, Parker Holly, and then he beats. Um, oh, we're not, we're not at Survivor Series yet. That's very important. We're mm. not at Survivor Series yet. Okay. But he beats, um, you know, Al Snow and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. He beats the other hardcore champions, former hardcore champions who want to fight but don't want to like ambush him, mm. because he's already made it clear that an ambush isn't going to work with Taz. It's not gonna work. If you want, if you want a chance of beating him, you gotta like fight him in the ring because he always finds a way out of any scenario. He's Taz. He'll just lock you in the Taz mission. You know, like if you if you corner Taz in like a hallway, Taz is quick enough and small enough to lock you in the Taz mission. You haven't trapped him. He's trapped you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's like you, it's it's hard. So, but in the ring, there's a lot more space. There's a lot more kind of open area. It's a lot easier to like attack taz that's what he's that's what he wants people to think he's like come get me out in the ring that's what we'll do all our business nice all right so in real life by this point uh in that kind of period uh no mercy i think um kurt angle wins the heavyweight championship all right 
mm-hmm. the guy that Taz beat six, seven months ago. Taz doesn't care. He's like, I used to care, Angle, but it doesn't matter because we all know who beat you at the Royal Rumble. Since then, you haven't been able to beat me, so I'm one up over you. You might be the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm the hardcore champion, and that, that's, that's better. And it's better because I'm a better wrestler than you are, which means that the championship I have is better than the one you have because you're bringing yours down, and I'm making mine better. Like He really goes off on that. To make the hardcore championship. And it's just a fucking smashed up piece of shit. But he's like, it's mine. And nobody can take it from me. Because, you know, now we're a couple of months in. Nobody's been able to beat Taz. He's like, I'm the most dominant and violent hardcore champion. There's going to be plenty of other heavyweight champions other than you. And there have been plenty of hardcore champions. But there's only one WWF hardcore champion that's worth talking about. There's only one that's going to be remembered. And that's Taz. Mm. No one's going to remember Kurt Angle's first reign. Everybody's going to remember Taz's first hardcore championship. He really, like, fucking goes for it. Right? So at this point, Triple H, once again, takes exception to Taz. We remember earlier, Taz said he was the best because he was an ECW champion. Triple H is like, no, you're not. I'm the champion. I'm the best. Fast forward a couple of months. Triple H is no longer the heavyweight champion. But he still takes pride in it. He still wants the championship back. And he doesn't like Taz shooting his mouth off, coming out like a fucking idiot, talking about how the hardcore championship is the best. Kurt Angle, or, yeah, Triple H is like, it's not the best. Because I, number one, I've never held it, so it can't be that good. <laughs> you know, second of all, you're Taz. You're a joke. I'm Triple H. I don't like, he's like, I don't like Kurt Angle, but at least he's got the biggest prize in the game. you got a smashed up piece of shit. You know what I mean? So Taz is like, all right, Triple H, you want a piece? Come get me. Hardcore Championships 24-7. I'm right here. I'll be mm-hmm. in my hotel room. I'll be on the road. Come get me. Kurt, uh, not, not Kurt Angle. Uh, Triple H doesn't take the bait because it's obvious. It's a trap to beat up Triple H. But he does decide to challenge Taz at Survivor Series. So he's like, if you think you're that good, Put your championship up in the middle of the ring against a proven heavyweight champion, me, Triple H. It's all right to say you've beaten Al Snow in a match. Who cares? I'm Triple H, right? So here we go. We're going to get Taz versus Triple H for the hardcore championship at Survivor Series, which sounds bizarre in like every single step. <laughs> You're like, what? how did this come about? But I think it makes sense so far. Yeah. All right. So at this point in real life, there was that whole weird thing with Austin getting hit by the car. And who who did it? It was Rikishi. Uh-huh. He, he did it for The Rock. It turns out it was Triple H that was the mastermind because apparently Rikishi wasn't a good enough draw to do it by himself. <laughs> he, had, he had to make Triple H into it somehow. So this all kind of comes to a head. Um, and November 6th. I think it's a Raw or a SmackDown, but on November 6th in real life, that's when Triple H reveals that he was the one that helped run over Steve Austin. And that leads to them fighting a Survivor Series, I think, which is on November 19th. So it's only like a week or two after that. Now, for the purposes of my storyline, Triple H does not reveal that he had a hand in the running over of Steve Austin with a car and Rikishi. He does not reveal that. However, Steve Austin, in my storyline, is still unconvinced that it was all Rikishi. 
he still thinks that there was somebody else involved and he still wants revenge. Rikishi lets it slip that maybe somebody else was a part of it, but he doesn't tell him who. So Steve mm. Austin is still hunting for whatever. Triple H thinks he's got away scot-free because that's what he always does. He's Triple H. He gets away with shit. So <laughs> we're talking November 19th, 2000, Survivor Series. We're going to have a match, a hardcore championship. Taz, Triple H. Um, so it's a hardcore championship match. Weapons are legal. Taz turns out to be a lot harder to take down than Triple H imagined. Oh. And a lot harder to take down than he was a couple of months ago. Taz is like you can see the intensity in Taz's eyes. He's really fighting to win this. And through some shenanigans, through hardcore stipulations, through Taz just being tougher than Triple H, Taz wins. Taz gets a victory over Triple H. uh, Triple H is shocked. He is just like, he's in the middle of the ring. He's like, what the hell just happened? Taz is there holding his championship up, said, I told you. You, you can't beat me. Nobody can beat me. By this point, so Triple H is like, shit, dude. I just got my ass kicked by Taz. Well, at least that's the worst thing that's going to happen to me. <laughs> then Austin, like, back while the match is happening, Austin realizes, or like while Triple H is making his entrance or whatever, Austin realizes Triple H was the one that cost him being hip of the car or whatever. So he comes down, beats the shit out of Triple H again. Triple H looks like a real mug, but Austin and Triple H continue their angle as is anyway right so, so that happens anyway but taz now has uh, a victory over triple h this is why triple h doesn't go back for the return victory because he's busy with steve austin sure makes enough. sense that makes takes sense. him up to wrestlemania he's got all the shit to worry about so taz riding high he's like now i've beat kurt angle and triple h <laughs> i'm the heavyweight champion or well the heavyweight hardware champion which he can call it you know he can do whatever he wants yeah. he's been champion since SummerSlam, which is August. It's now November. Um, the 24-7 rule is still in place, but nobody's been able to take it off him. Nobody's coming after him. Uh, the Hardcore Championship, unbelievably, for the first time ever, actually means something. Yeah. Because now there's a reason to want it. Because before that, they just wanted it. It's the same with the 24-7 title now. For a long time, people just wanted the belt to say that they were a champion. Mm. But like, if you lose it immediately afterwards, what's the point, right? Yeah. But if you can go, I want that belt because the guy who holds that belt right now has victories over Triple H and Kurt Angle. His pedigree is held up for a long time. He's hard to beat. If I can beat him, I get a real sense of victory. Then the belt means something. Yeah. So Taz continues the shenanigans through Armageddon, you know, fighting Steve Blackman or whoever else he wants to fight. Perry Saturn, all of the classics. We get over the Royal Rumble <laughs> 2001. All right. So it, What? It's just Perry Saturn. Oh, the classics. <laughs> oh, you, don't think, you don't think Perry Saturn is a classic wrestler? He's a classic. He's a very good wrestler, yes. He is great. I love Perry Saturn. We'll talk about him later, too. Yeah. Um, on a different podcast, a different episode of this. We so, need to rewrite that moppy shit. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Because that shit would have went on a lot longer if I was in charge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 17 years. Moppy's still going strong. How does he do it? World oh, champion. Just... Moppy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so get off Moppy for a second. We're gonna talk about Taz, and then we'll talk about Moppy. Uh, at uh, the Royal Rumble 2001, instead of being dumped over the top rope in 10 seconds, Taz goes into the. <laughs> He's out already. Taz runs in and he says, 
I'm gonna if I have to, I'll defend my championship in the Royal Rumble itself. Ah. And that doesn't mean like if he gets th- thrown over the top rope, that doesn't count as you beating him. Right. You can still pin him. You can make him submit, but throwing him over the top rope doesn't count as a victory. Okay. So during the Royal Rumble himself, uh, itself, Taz is now trying to like defend his championship and win the Rumble. Not easy done. It's mm. a difficult task, but he does his best. Um, unfortunately, due to the, the numbers game, due to the way that business works, Taz eventually gets caught. Not for the Hardcore Championship, though. Kian throws him over the top rope. Mm-hmm. So, you remember that year, Kian like, did a whole big thing where he was like, he eliminated like 11 people. Yeah. Taz is one of them, which mm. is a big deal because Taz has done such a good job as Hardcore Champion. Mm-hmm. And was defending the belt in the match itself. But that's just the way it rolls. So, that's uh, the Royal Rumble out. At No Way Out, uh, Taz comes up with another idea. He's like, the Royal Rumble was fun. Why don't we have like a like a battle royale, like a gauntlet match? We'll have a gauntlet match. I'm going to stand in the middle of the ring. And you guys come out and get me. And whoever pins me can get the championship. How about that? Again, we're bigging up Taz and we're bigging up the fact that he wants to defend the championship against anybody. It's mm. like he's uh, 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 having the... It's like he's got the 24-7 rule and he's kind of like, literally come after me. You know, he's like using it to make up these different matches like the Royal Rumble the stipulation in this, in this uh, gauntlet match. He's like, it's still in place. Anybody can come get me. You just gotta come get me. Mm. So, you know, all the classics... Main Street Posse, Crash Holly, Perry Saturn. Oh, yeah. Our buddy Viscera, former... Hey! You know, Steve Blackman, Harker Holly, Al Snow, all the guys. Al, uh, yeah, Taz beats them all. He beats like six, seven guys in a row. So he's been feeling pretty good about himself, right? Just as he is in the, in the ring celebrating, who should come out? But the pyro hits, big oh. old flames, oh. out comes Kian. Yes. He's like... I knocked out of the Royal Rumble. I get a shot. He comes down. Taz, God bless him, has just beaten seven other guys. Kian's a very big man, seven foot tall. Taz, God bless him, not quite as tall. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> it's hard for him to lock the Taz mission in. You know what I mean? So just locks into like his leg or something. Yeah. <laughs> his toes. This is like a waist lock. Right? <laughs> um, so, against Taz's best wishes, I mean, he does the best he can, but he's just fought seven guys. Now he's fighting Kian. Taz is finally defeated. I didn't check to see how many days this was, but we're talking, um, what was it? SummerSlam 2000. A good six to, months. To No Way Out 2001. That's a, that's a pretty good long run, especially for the Hardcore Championship. Mm. But... He, he still made it look good, he made it look strong, and he was beaten in a way that didn't make him look bad. Because he'd just already beaten seven other dudes. So, like, you know, he's looking all right. So, unfortunately, he loses his hardcore championship. So, that leads us to a match, WrestleMania. Now, you remember the hardcore championship match from WrestleMania 2001. I do. Kane versus Big Show versus Raven. Yes. Now... Imagine something like that, only just with Kian and Taz. Okay? Nice. We got a big old fucking heavyweight... Well, I keep saying heavyweight. We got a big old hardcore championship match. Kane versus Taz. <laughs> they fight everywhere. They go 
they go nuts. They go ballistic. They really try to beat the hell out of each other. Taz is just using everything he can to kill Kian. The finish of that match is very similar to the finish of the real hardcore match at WrestleMania. You know, they jump off the stage. Remember that bit? Yeah. Yeah, the right. ch- uh, choke slam off the stage. I oh, know. Uh, what was it? Big Show had Raven above his head and then Kane big booted him or something, right? Yeah, and then he jumps off, I think, with like an elbow or a leg drop or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So imagine Taz and Kane both down, the, like off the, the stage. They're falling off the stage. They're both down. All right. Then who sneaks over but fucking Crash Holly pins Kane. <laughs> Wins his championship back. The 24-7 shenanigans continue once again. Oh, my God. So, after six or seven months, Crash Holly, the ultimate opportunist, way before Edge was, finally gets the chance to get his hardcore championship back. And he's got a, technically got a victory over Kian. He is over the moon. He runs away, probably loses the belt to Viscera. Who fucking knows, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter. The point is, the story is, Taz and Kian technically didn't beat each other. You know what I mean? No, there was no winner, yeah. really. So that's we're, we're even. So that means we gotta have another match. We gotta have a blow-off match. So after WrestleMania, I believe it is Backlash. Yes. So Taz and Kian fight once again. Uh, April 29th, 2001, Backlash. Taz finds a way to take down Kian because Kian is such a big guy and can do like a lot of things. Like his push is pretty much built in anyway. Yeah. Like he he's over, sure. so he doesn't he can take a, he can take a loss or two, and also he looks great because he beat Taz. He was the only guy to beat Taz mm. in a long time, so you know he's looking good already. Taz gets his win back at Backlash. All right, so Taz looks really good, and that's pretty much it from here on out. Um, the invasion comes in very shortly after that. Taz, in real life, kind of retired because he had a lot of injuries. Mm, neck injuries, yeah. And you can imagine the shit I've just told you with the hardcore championship stuff isn't going to help those injuries. <laughs> so in my storyline, Taz um, joins the invasion, becomes a commentator, and lives out the rest of his life the way it is. However, in the year and a half before that, he had a hell of a run. He beat Triple okay. H, he beat Kian, he beat Kurt Angle. There you go. The best hardcore champion. That's Taz. That's my storyline. I love it. I, I honestly love it. I love the idea of the of the final boss of the hardcore division. Like there there was never anyone like that. You know, there there was people who held the hardcore title like, you know, twenty times, like Raven and Crash Holly and and maybe Steve Blackman, but there was never yeah. one like genuine final boss of the hardcore division who you just could not beat. Um right. and like, it, and it gives like immediate credibility to the title as well, and just you know, I I love the idea. I I love the idea of the belt. I love the idea of the hardcore belt. I mean, the way the twenty four seven title is right now is fucking ridiculous. But the hardcore title was awesome. Like, I I've got great memories from when I was young of that title, and just I mean, it, it's something that should have had more credibility to it because, you know, yeah, Kurt Angle, you're good at. You're good at wrestling. Uh, you're good at getting people into an ankle lock or, you know, a headlock or, you know, a Kimura or whatever. But how about how about me with a fucking barbed wire bat? What are you gonna do now? Yeah. You know, well, like that. That's that was kind of the angle. It's like Taz, because he's like a suplex machine. He's like Krangle. You're good at all this shit. I'm good at that stuff too, and I'm a great hardcore champion. You know, mm. Triple H. You're a great wrestler. So am I. And also, I'm the king of hardcore. 
that's just a fact. You know what I mean? Like RVD, whenever he won the championship, he held it for a long time, but he wasn't really defending it. Like he didn't really like do a lot of twenty four seven stuff. They kind of forgot about it by then. Oh no, he was doing a lot of four twenty stuff. Yes, he certainly was. Um, but you know, that's what that's what you gotta do. So like, you you didn't see people trying to sneak attack RVD. And yeah. if you if you did, and you saw RVD defending himself and getting away with it, that would have kind of worked to justify RVD having the championship for so long. Because you could, yeah. it's like the start of this storyline. You can see that it's competitive, and then people ease off because it's hard to take it off them. But they never yeah. really established that. Yeah, that's it. And like, I just love the idea of no one being able to beat Taz. Like, he this is the twenty four seven rule still in effect, but you know you can't catch the guy by surprise because you know if you do. You're fucked. It, it, yeah, it, 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 you you look very silly because Taz just tapped you out again, you know. So exactly. Yeah, like that's that's uh, yeah, I, I love that story. I love I love. I mean, I've got a soft spot for Taz. I got a soft spot for the Hardcore Championship. Um, yeah, that that, that was awesome. Both of them look like fucking stars after this. You know what I mean? That's it as well. I mean, Taz could even go on. Like you say you got the the invasion storyline, but Taz could go on to you know be the leader of the the alliance or the leader of ECW or whatever. Like maybe maybe him and RVD have a little scrap, or him and the Dudley Boys have a scrap for who's the best in ECW or you know something along those lines on WWE TV. And then he's one of the guys that's in the the final kind of five on five Survivor Series elimination match. Well, that's exactly it. Like part of the reason that the the invasion angle happened the way it did with you know a lot of the WWF guys jumping ship to ECW is because they didn't really think that there was anybody strong enough on either the WCW or the ECW side to like mm. be a that's why Austin jumped over you know mm. is to give them a good figurehead the good thing is you could use this as like you know like uh, you could use this Taz situation as like future like an invasion storyline for example to say that instead of Austin it is Taz and the Taz has been the mole the entire time. Yeah. Taz has been inside the WF, taking it down from the inside, which he has done because he's beat Kane, Triple H, and Angle. He's beaten some of the big guys. He held their hardcore championship hostage, and he could do it again if he wanted to. Yeah. That would give the invasion like instant credibility. Absolutely, because I mean the the thing that pissed me off about that whole storyline, other than most of it, was the fact that <laughs> literally the final the final team for the alliance was it was Stone Cold. It was the Dudley uh, Boys. Was it? It wasn't the Dudley Boys. Was oh, it? No, you're right. It wasn't the Dudley Boys because they were fighting for the, the heavyweight. It was Stone Cold, like which is yeah, Stone Cold, which is ridiculous. Yes. It was fucking Shane McMahon, which is ridiculous. Yes. Um, RVD, fair enough. Booker, Booker T. T, fair enough. And um, ah oh, shit, who was the other guy? Uh, was it? Oh, who was the other guy? It wasn't Kurt Angle? Was him? No, he was in Team WWE, wasn't he? Yeah, but didn't he like double turn or something? No, he he, he saved the match in the end. But um, oh shit, who was the final guy? Um, was it another like swerve guy? I don't think so. So uh, Shane McMahon, Steve Austin, Rhino? Uh, not Rhino, no. Uh, hold on, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, let's who, look it who up. Who Maybe. it was? Oh, it was it was Kurt Angle. You're right. Shit, dude. Oh shit. right, that's that's the double swerve. He turns on the. That's right, yeah. He okay. he saves the WBF at the end, yeah. He's, I remember watching that and going, why is Kurt Angle on their team? Yeah. What the fuck, man? That's insane. But anyway, I mean, that is a podcast for another day. That is uh, a podcast for another day. We can do yeah. a lot with that. That's a whole but fucking series. The point is, like, you could spin Taz up as the leader of the invasion or something like that. 
there's a lot of angles to go down there. And um, yeah, so that's Taz in a nutshell. So I'm really glad you liked that. But um, I think you're going to like this a little bit more. Why don't we play? <laughs> see that? That's good. Why don't we play uh, K-Fabe Tombola? Yeah. Why don't we do it? It's everybody's favorite segment on the show. We're go- what we're going to do is I'm going to supply my friend Bryce here with um, a-, a selection of wrestlers' names, you know, ranked at one, one, two, three, four, and a couple of scenarios, you know, A, B, C, D. Bryce is going to pick some at random, and he has to he has 60 seconds to come up with a good explanation for that scenario that he's picked. Okay. Now, there is also, this week, we're going to do a little wild card. <laughs> so, if Bryce decides he doesn't want to play the, the rules that I've already picked, we have a website, we find a website that will randomly generate a storyline in the WF or the WWE. We'll post so, it on social media, we'll post it on the Twitter page, just so everyone can have a good shot of it. Yeah, everybody can play along too. Um, but I must warn you that a lot of those storylines are a bit risque. So bad. A little bit out there. Some of them are very hard to explain. So, Bryce, you have the option of picking from the ones I have selected or from picking the website. Which one would you like to choose? Would you like me... Would you like... What about this? For If you pick the scenarios, if you pick the ones I've picked, why don't you pick like a number and a letter... And then I can tell you what you could have had. Ah, okay. And tell you what you did have. How about that? Right. So tell you what, how about, how about I pick a number and a letter. You tell me what I could have. And if I don't like that, I will go for the the website. Okay. Right. So give me give me 3A. 3A. All right. I'll tell you what you could have had. Yeah. The rest is you could have had. You could have had Spike Dudley. Yeah. Could have had Headbanger Thrasher. Right. Okay. Nice. And you could have had Primo Cologne. Oh, cool. Not Epico, Primo. Primo, yeah, of course. But you picked Stevie Richards. Ah, sweet. And you picked A? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. This is probably the... Oh, okay. You could have had Gives Birth to a Hand. <laughs> you, yes. could have had, you could have had created their own rival promotion. Right. You could have had Is the Guy That Blows Up Vince McMahon's Limo. <laughs> but instead you've you've been left with uh creates his own championship aka something like the million dollar belt oh, so nice. at the moment your scenario is stevie richards creates his own championship like the million dollar belt or you can pick the website uh... i'll tell you what dude i'm only going to give you like two goes at the website so if you don't like the first storyline you have to pick the second one all right, give me the website. All right, that's fair. So, guys, if you want to play along at home, you could you could send us your Stevie Richards creates his own championship. We'd love to hear that. But for the moment, the first click on the website. Oh, okay. This is scenario one. Booker T trains with CM Punk oh. and declares himself gay. Do you want that one? No. Or do, you, or do, you want, do you want me to pr- press it again? Yeah. Because you know that because you picked a website and you didn't want this one, whatever this next one is, you have to pick it. Unless it's like one of these ones where the guy making it has like serious problems. Oh. Okay. You want to hear this one? 
Go for it. Becky Lynch sits next to Mauro Ronaldo, uh-huh. but then dies. Oh, wow. I, I don't know if I want to talk about Becky Lynch dying. Because that, that, that's the kind of thing we wake up the next morning and it's like, you know, right. she, she is I'm dead. Gonna, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. The next one also has death in it. <laughs> Ruby All Riot. Right. Do you want to hear this one? Go for it. We can cut this out if you want. Ruby yeah. Riot cucks Dusty Rhodes' corpse and joins TNA. Can I can I go back to Stevie Richards? Stevie Richards makes his own championship belt. That's what I want to go for. Yes, I think that's what we're gonna go for. So you gotta make this like a realistic scenario. You gotta build it up. You got sixty seconds. You ready okay. to go? Are right, you got a timer? Yes. All right, okay. I'm ready to go. Three, two, one, go. All right, so Stevie Richards is in the BWO, right? He was in the BWO and ECW, so they are the Blue World Order. So he's decided to come to WWE. He brings Blue Mini and he brings uh, Supernova with him. Uh, so they are um, the BWO. Uh, they have their own championship belt, so they brought that with them too. So it's, it is, it's the Tag Team Championships. It's the WWE Tag Team Championships, but it's fucking blue. Uh, so... In order to win the blue championship, the blue the blue triple tag team championship, we're going to call it. Um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll work on the name. Uh, <laughs> you have you have to wear blue. So you, you've got you've got guys like Kane, who's synonymous with being red, and you've got like Triple H, who wears like green and black. Uh, and you know all, all these gold dust is blue. Uh, all these things, they're all they're all blue. And you have you have to be blue to win this championship. So they have to dress in blue to win this uh, to beat the BWO for this championship. Um, and yeah, and the BWO, um, they, they, they are the, the best blue um, triple <laughs> championships of That's all time. Blue. That's it. <laughs> They're uh, the best blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, the top, top blue. <laughs> you did, there you go. We got there. We got um, there. We got there. I think we can all agree that that's much better than some of the website scenarios. God, see, see that website? Like, some of them are actually really funny. Like, but some of them are just so seriously messed up. Like, we're, we're talking about this before the podcast. Like, me and Dylan did a few trial runs kind of yesterday. And, like, one of the ones I got was fucking hilarious and also a little bit sinister. But it's a uh, Eric Rowan seeks revenge against Roddy Piper's reanimated corpse for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> for no reason. And I've got Jinder, Jinder Mahal is caught holding hands with Becky Lynch and releases a rap album. <laughs> <laughs> you could get endless endless fun endless right. fun out of that. but instead of that tonight we just got all the terrible ones yeah but death and shit well that's just you gotta roll the dice you know what i mean you do gotta roll the dice that's true yeah. but we did pretty well so that's the show i think we've covered everything pretty well a lot of thanks to bryce for helping me out with this podcast it was a lot of fun Thank if you. you guys want to um get in contact with us outside of the show you can do so. We're on Twitter Ooh. at uh, Making Kayfabe. And you can send us an email if you would like to know more about the show or just get in touch with us. Making Kayfabe at gmail.com. Uh, that's how you can get in touch with us. If you like the show, we really appreciate it. Um, make sure to check it out next week because my good buddy Bryce here is going hey. to be in charge of the show. He's got his own storyline lined up. I'm sure that's going to be incredible. Can you give us any clues about what it's going to be about? I'm going to take you all the way back to 2004, uh, and it's going to be one of the most controversial storylines, maybe, uh, of the year, um, and that's that's all I'm going to say. Ooh, mysterious. Oh. Okay. Oh. 
Um, well, yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for checking us out and listening to the podcast. Like I said, if you want to get in touch with us, go ahead uh, through Twitter, making kayfabe or making kayfabe at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. In the meantime, we will see you next week with another fantastic episode of Making Kayfabe. Thank you very much. We'll see Cheers, you next guys. Week.